Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. (laughs) We are back. The second to last episode of the Premier League season. Listeners, we're going to do an ep this week for the Prem coming to an end. And then we're hopefully going to be able to do a Champions League review for when the Scousers lose against Madrid. Fingers crossed. I mean... There's no bias on this pod, obviously, is there, lads? <laughs> oh, no, no. There's oh, some no. manifestation. Oh, yeah, some manifestation. Some wishful thinking from us, but wishful thinking only got the Scousers so far at the weekend, didn't it, Jim? Manchester City, the 2021-22 Premier League champions. Congratulations. Thank you. I'd like to have um, my dad, my mum. Go um, Yeah, City won the title in. Dramatic fashion again, 10 years on from a 3 2 home win at QPR, was a 3 2 home win to Aston Villa. This time a bit more sturdier opponents, um, but the same outcome all in all. Um, crazy game where City just didn't start well, so I think tactically it was right. I think immensely was a bit nervous as well. Uh, a few performances felt to be questioned, um, some of your key players like Cancelo and Bernardo and Mares and even De Bruyne to an extent in the first hour or so were pulling the weight but Pep subs were spot on I really thought sooner down it was over Coutinho took his goal lovely it was poor defending from us to just let a flick on from a goal kick and give Coutinho that chance but it was a great take by him and I just thought the narrative of Coutinho scoring for Gerrard's Aston Villa um, to give Liverpool the title but even though at that point Liverpool weren't winning against Wolves, they had their difficulties at Anfield. Um, I just thought it's just destiny to happen. Uh, Jamie Carragher wrote about that early in the week. When you're fighting destiny, sometimes there's not, nothing you can do, but this city side showed that they, they, they might have a bit of character. Um, Patrice Evan, I don't think they do, but they might have a bit of character in the end. Um, three brilliant goals and all from impacts made from all the substitutes. Sterling set up the first, Zinchenko set up the second, and then Gundogan obviously scoring his second to win it. And it was a mad five minutes. And I don't know. I don't know what I was to say about it. It wasn't quite an Aguero moment, but it was right up there, really, when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, from a neutral perspective, I mean, well, you can kind of say it's neutral. I wanted City to win the league out of these two. I'd, I think Stan's probably the same. But for, for City to show the character that what they did, three goals in five minutes, I've seen the debate all week. Is it better than the Aguero one? Is it not? I, d- I think they're very similar because it's it's that it's that hit of dopamine. But three goals in five minutes is a bit like we were down and out, and now we're going to win the fucking league. Yeah, I, th- I think I don't think it, I don't think you, you, you'll top the Aguero one. So obviously that was our first title. It was obviously to stop United. Uh, the, the big thing would be the first title because obviously. As a City fan, you're thinking, oh, we're never going to get a chance to win this again now. We've put this up. But I think we truly thought we was out of the game against Aston Villa. Because QPR were fast, the wall defending. We were having shots at Paddy Kenny. I think he made about 20 saves that day. But I don't think before our first goal, Robert Olsen made one save, which was frustrating to watch as a fan because that's his first game for Villa and we've not even tested him. I thought he was truly down and out. But yeah, um, yeah madness, madness. The neutrals of the Premier League and the broadcasters win again. That's what I will say. They always win, Stan. They always win. But for this game, Stan, did you personally think the Scousers had the title 
role wraps up with 15 minutes to play? Um, yeah, really. I didn't think that City had turned it round, especially when that second one went in and there was 20, 30 minutes left because honestly, it was probably the worst I've seen City play under Guardiola apart from maybe times in his first season when they weren't so great but definitely since they've been winning titles I can't really think of a worse hour of football from a City side especially at home I mean I asked Jim about an hour into it when was the last time City didn't score at home and uh, he replied saying today which you know didn't turn out to be the case but um, I I didn't um, I didn't yeah I didn't think that they would turn it around but I was uh, Unfortunately, in the company of some of, of a couple of Liverpool fans, and uh, I said to them at the time when it was two 0 Villa and one one uh, at Anfield, I said City need to win this because Liverpool will win, uh, and obviously they did end up doing. And but you know City did as well. So mad five minutes there with with like Jim said, the sub scoring twice, the first and the third, and uh, Rodri with a great finish as well. But. Uh, yeah, just crazy. I mean, I suppose when you look at it, if, if it had been one of them where you checked the scores afterwards, you would have gone, oh, they both won. Oh, that City game was a bit tight. But, you know, they both won. I knew they'd both win. If you, if you didn't actually watch and know that Liverpool went 1-0 down six minutes in, City went 2-0 down, Liverpool was 1-1 until about the 80th minute, was it, or something like that. And City, as we know, scored three in five, six minutes, whatever it was. So... Um, yeah, I suppose in the end they both won cut, which is what I think a lot of people would have predicted. But I think how they both won, uh, nobody would have predicted. So yeah, a very good day, great day for the neutral, but hell for the fans, as the old pro evolution soccer commentary would have uh, said. <laughs> Class was that the one with Adriano on the front, or the one with that ball? Uh, it might, it might have been. It was, uh, I think it was John Champion who said it. So legendary <laughs> commentator, legend. But someone now, Jim who's become a City legend, Pep Guardiola, four titles in the past five years, four in his six years in charge of City. Is this almost a new era of the Pep era? Because you almost feel like you're evolving as a team, you're getting Haaland next year, you'll improve as a squad, obviously adding him, and you'll get a few bits and pieces each each transfer window. But is this Pep winding down or is this Pep evolving into a, a new City? I think next season, you, you could start to say this could be a new, a new City era. Um, obviously, when he came, we're still playing the 4 3 3, similar system, similar style of football. A lot of possession based, hit your wingers nice and wide and high. Guerrero was involved the first few years, but even then, he, there was that bit of um, Guardiola's reign where Azus was preferred just because of the hard work he, he gives and the off the ball movement and keeping the ball, whatever. We've kind of won this title about a striker this season, which not many, well, I know it's hard to say because City are a great side, but you kind of doubted him a little bit with um, how Chelsea and Liverpool started the season. That was City did with a loss at Tottenham about the striker and they've overcame that. But next season with Haaland, they're surely going to have to change how they play football. Um, they're going to have to get, a, there's a proper goal scorer that that's one of the best goal scorers in Europe and you're going to have to accommodate to it. But uh, I think for Pep, yeah, um, on the weekend, that was his, I think that was his best. Moment. I think that was his biggest win. I think he could control himself at the end, could he? Was, he was crying, he didn't have to celebrate when goals were going in. I think he gave, gave up. But yeah, I, and I think the fact that he, he mentioned it in the press conference after as well, in the interviews, many interviews that he had, that was the first time that City have controlled their own destiny at home. Um, we also said this time when United, I think, got beat to West Brom and we won the title. Um, we had one where we won at Brighton, which was away, so we didn't have our fans there. Um, 
the other one, I think I can't remember who it was, but it was another team that lost. So this was the first time we could been able to celebrate at our stadium with our fans. And I think and I think with Klopp signing the new contract um, a month or so ago, I think that was the Pep on to keep going. Um, and maybe we'll see a new deal for him in the coming, coming weeks. That's something surely the City Board will look at this summer. Yeah, definitely. And we can finish this segment off. We've obviously been very wax lyrical about Man City, but we need to give Liverpool their props. Obviously, we, we only have a laugh with the Scousers who listen to this pod, but the reality is they have finished on 92 points and not won the title. And I think it's, is it the third time now Klopp's at 90-odd points and not won the league or something like that? But, but yes, Dan, obviously this is painful for you to say being a United fan, but... Where uh, sorry, what props do you have to give to Liverpool for this year? Yeah, they've done really well. I mean, Klopp's now finished second as many times since Fergie left as United has, so I suppose we've got to give them some credit for that. Um, no, I'm only messing. No, they did well. I mean, as we know, they won the League Cup and the FA Cup as well. Um, so I suppose the fact that they've they've won both of the domestic cups, uh, they took the league till the final day of the season, and as we know, they've got the. Uh, the Champions League final next week against Real Madrid on uh, on this coming Saturday. You've got to give them all the props because the simple fact is that no English side has ever got to that position in all four competitions before uh, in terms of taking it to the last day or the last game, uh, you know, to be that close to the quadruple. Um, and yeah, they've done it brilliantly, sticking to their style of football, sticking to uh, their beliefs and... Uh, you know, they're just unlucky that they're against, you know, in terms of domestically, in terms of the league anyway, that that City are, you know, the side that they are and they've got Pep, they've got, uh, Pep Guardiola and a, a shitload of talent, to put it bluntly. So, um, like you've already said, 90 plus points, I think two or three times um, finishing second. So, in another, in another time, they've got, you know, two, three, four Premier League titles under Klopp, but... You know, that's the way the cookie crumbles, as the saying goes. As the saying goes, that is the way the cookie crumbles. And next year, we're going to be joined by Tottenham Hotspur in the Champions League, lads. And sorry, Stan, you're not with us this year. You can't sit with us this year. (laughs) You can't sit with us this year. But neither can Arsenal. But neither can Arsenal, Stan. I'll be the Europa League correspondent then. Oh, oh. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, but I've known for a while that I wasn't going to sit with you so I've, I've kind of uh, it's I've kind of uh, dealt with it internally in the last few months so but, but now I've been in the conference league for a while so you'll take mm. you over well that's yeah. it that's it you were you were twerking for CR7 in that conference league <laughs> that would have been funny to be fair he'd have loved it imagine the stat the thing is he would have loved to have won that because yeah. he's not got that trophy in his cabinet he probably annoys he's not going to have a chance to win it hey, he's not got the Europa League and that's a little bit more respected so has he ever been in it is it the first time he's been in the Europa League no he, would, he never would have been in it I don't that's think that's what I mean he'll want to win that next year he'll badly want to win that oh he probably will yeah yeah. Definitely. he'll get some stat padding as well probably in the group stage against fucking Zoyla Hansk and all those were fucking weird teams we've played before. Allegedly. Those poor Russian defenders are going to get absolutely mauled. But now, Stan, you have the honour of singing the Europa League song from BT this year. Yeah, I do. I have the honour of watching us play catch-up every single Sunday as well, after all the other teams have won or lost. But um, like Jim says, at least it's not the Conference League and... Uh, 
had a United fan been able to pick a perfect last day, it probably would have been not dropping into the Conference League, City um, City winning the league and, you know, maybe Leeds getting relegated. But uh, two, out of, two out of three isn't bad. Thursday nights are your open nights. Exactly, I get to listen to that at half-time on the adverts. You can go out on a Saturday, Stan, and you don't have to worry about United because most of the time they've got Sunday. Yeah, that's, so. true. that's true, actually, yeah. yeah, yeah you've got to true. take the positives in life. We talk about so, Leeds, Pakistan, just alluded to there. There's been oh, yeah, a lot sorry, of drama there. Um, Definitely. Okay, well, well, they didn't need to win in the end, but a very late winner from one of our New York's own cook. Jack Harrison, um, a great finish, by the way. Unreal finish, given the circumstances. Weak peg? Yeah, Rafinha giving them the lead early. Um, took his penalty well under the circumstances again. Well, I, that, that was a tricky game way for the way they were playing. I, did, I didn't think Leeds... I thought Leeds were going down before all things had kicked off. Um, obviously, they only had to draw in the end with Burnley losing to Newcastle. Well, I still didn't think they'd get a draw at Brentford and to win. They played to him and... Uh, that's a big win for them because they they do. You still might look at losing a lot of the players. The Europeans and Calvin Phillips would be, I imagine, links all summer until one leaves or until the season starts. But now they've got a lot bit more of a chance of keeping them. Yeah, definitely. Stan and they've yeah. just recently yeah. added to the squad, haven't they? Yeah, well, I don't. I, has that gone through yet? I know that Romano said that was it thirty million or something like that. Yeah, for uh, Brendan Aronson from uh, is it Salzburg? So. An American joining Jesse March, more of the uh, Red Bull party or the Rassenbullen, should I say, sorry. There aren't any links, obviously, to that energy drink company. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Leeds did well to stay out. I'd have preferred Burnley, but then again, not going to really? turf more. And, uh, oh, 100%. I would have rather Leeds go down because it would have been funny to see them be picked apart and uh, end up in League One or something like that. But um, Yeah, I get that. It is It, it is how it is. I, and I like Burnley as well. I mean, I like what Dice did. I mean, I suppose some people would say it's karma for getting rid of him and well, let's you know, trying, to, trying to do it with Michael Jackson. But um, <laughs> they've, uh, yeah, they, they got relegated and I suppose they've done well to stay in the Premier League for so long. But I think like Leeds, I think they're in danger now. Uh, Money-wise, uh, they're going to have to sell a few players. And I do think there's probably a few players that um, Premier League clubs will look to pick up to bolster the squads, even if they're not starting for them every week. I mean, yeah. Tarkowski's been linked to Everton. Uh, I've seen Dwight McNeil link. Mas- uh, Maxwell, is it? Corner has got a release, uh, a relegation release clause. So, you know, Leeds have now got the benefit with staying up of those relegation clauses obviously not coming into play and even if they do end up selling Phillips and Rafinha or else at least it'll um, at least it'll be on their terms yeah Defo and just a little bit on Daesh I personally when they sacked him remember saying on the pod I feel like they've they've jumped the gun with sacking Daesh I know the Athletics had a few people in the squad said it was stale and a few people said no we're still with him kind of thing and you have a divided dressing room but this is the same guy who's never let you down he's never took you down and it almost reminds me to give a basketball analogy Jim of the Phil Jackson Chicago Bulls scenario where they basically said you can go 82-0 and and you're still gone but Daesh had never took them down yet they still pulled the trigger on him with like six or seven games left not a lot not a lot of, of games to go and I think serves you right, Burnley. Serves you right because you've you've gambled on someone who's never been in this predicament in his life and ultimately they've gone down. Yeah, um, looking back now, it, it does look a bit silly. I think what Akeem was saying on the weekend, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dyche, Dyche has done that before in the last six, seven games. Yeah, he's he he, he does serve the criticism Dyche this season. Burnley has been woeful. They did win one league yeah. game in, t- until February or something like that. Um, it took him ages to get going. And even when he was sacked, there was a bit of a new manager bounce, whether that was what Mike Jackson and Ben Mee was doing. Oh, that was a bit of a like a, a fuck you to like the people who sat dice like we're doing this for dice we're not doing all that hard work to get relegated now but I don't know I don't know where I stand with it I think dice deserves his criticisms but at the same time he's, he's a master of that last six seven games yeah. fell of the Premier League and winning games when he had to and I imagine some of the some of the stuff Burnley were doing uh, Newcastle on the weekend like that you, you see the guy is it Connor Roberts for the first penalty just handballing their way stuff stuff like that maybe that wouldn't have happened under Daesh he's a bit more um, street smart but to be fair as well probably just last thing on Burnley now they they obviously sacked Daesh and obviously would have had to pay his compensation and stuff here's an idea Burnley with these new owners invest actually give your manager some money to work with instead of working off frees and loans and, and making one 10, 10 to 12 million pound signing in Maxwell Corne because now you're going to get your parachute payments you've just got to buy well and hope you can get back here in the next three years Welcome back, listeners. That music only means one thing, the bet of the week. It is the last bet of the week of the season, so you'd be daft not to turn your deposit limits off on your betting apps. Turn them off and then turn them back off and delete their maps for the summer until the Prem starts in August. But we've got a treble for the last bet of the week of the season. It's all very similar, but it all involves teams either winning a trophy or trying to gain promotion from their league. So we're going to start off with Wrexham versus Grimsby at Wrexham, this one. We're going to go both teams to score a result. Then we move over to the Champions League final, off to Paris, from Wrexham to Paris, that common route. Liverpool versus Real Madrid. I've gone, sorry, Liverpool fans, Hala Madrid to win. Both teams to score a result in this one. And then last but not least, the playoff final. So the third team that's about to come up into the Premier League, Nottingham Forest versus Huddersfield Town. I have again gone for both teams score result, but I have gone for Nottingham Forest. So just to recap the bet of the week, both teams to score result, Wrexham versus Grimsby. Both teams to score result, Real Madrid against Liverpool in the Champions League final. And then both teams score result, Nottingham Forest versus Huddersfield Town. And lads, what can the listeners do with that information? They can shh. You're up the rackers. Alamazud. Well, it's a beautiful night. All the stars are out, and we are here for the annual Cookie Pod Awards. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. And Hello, we are, thank you. Thank we are you here for this week, three categories. Stan, what are the three categories that we're going to be proceeding with this evening? They are flop of the season, player of the season and manager of the season. And then we do have a very special surprise bonus category at the end. Yeah, stay tuned for that one. Yeah, if you're, a, if you're a day oneer, you'll know what it is. If you're recent, <laughs> if you're recent on this train... Oh, you will be educated very soon. And welcome to the train. Yes, welcome. No breaks on this train, baby. Right. And the nominees. Stan, for your category. 
Okay, so I've got flop of the season. Um, it's a difficult one. I didn't know whether to do transfers or players that maybe have fell off or from last season or whatever. So I'll just run through a few nominees just off the top of my head that I've got. So the first one, I'm going to have to go with the... Uh, the Greek policeman destroyer, and that's Harry Maguire, unfortunately. A guy that was in the team of the tournament for um, England at the Euros, getting all the way to the final. Slotting away his penalty. Uh, a brilliant second half of the season for United. Uh, got injured for the Europa League final, and United fans pretty much saying that had he been fit for that final, they think we would have won it. That's how important that, that you know he was viewed as for United last season, and this season, I mean, he's just not got going at all. I mean, a guy that cost £80 million, some of the mistakes that he's made and, um, you know, the fact that he's Manchester United captains made it even worse. He's been in and out of the side, uh, left out quite recently and obviously we've had the bomb threats on top of that as well. So not the best season for Harry Maguire. Um, I'm going to go for another United player, Jaden Sancho, a guy who has left Goals and assists and Dan James, who we sold to Leeds for 30 million. He cost 75 million from Borussia Dortmund after chasing him the whole summer before that as well. Um, he came in, um, but to be fair to Jaden, he's probably been one of our shining stars for the last three or four months. And I think most United fans would say that he probably turned it round in terms of his performances anyway. So I'm not going to go for him. And I'm going to go for, this is, this is the winner, so uh, winner, I'm, just, I'm just opening the envelope now. I just thought I'd get a little bit of United slander in there. because The winner is? I'm allowed to say it. The winner is, it's got to be Red Rom, no longer Red Rom, he's Blue Rom <laughs> oh, now. Oh no. Romelu Lukaku, 47 goals for Inter Milan, Scudetto winner, joined Chelsea, was it 95, 100 million pounds, something in that region. Eight goals and I think two assists in only 26 appearances, 16 of those being starts and 10 of them coming off the bench. This is a guy that I saw join Chelsea after that Champions League win, uh, a summer with Tuchel. Um, you know, they look like a different team. The only place you really looked at in that Chelsea side that was perhaps a weakness was that striker position. They brought in a guy that scored 40-odd goals. People thought he'd massively developed since leaving England, that he was a different type of striker than he was when he left United on a whimper. And no United fans were really sad to see him go. But, um, you know, he's come back and he's not actually improved that much at all. So, yeah, £97 million, eight goals, and not even that, I mean, like I said with Sancho, he's at least coming to the United team. Lukaku's still not even in Chelsea's best eleven. I don't think many, you could ask 10 Chelsea fans and I don't even think one would put him in their best eleven. and we're at the end of the season. So I he started off well, but you expect more. So <laughs> Romelu, come up and accept your award. Thank you very much. It goes to you. That Unfortunately, Romelu's not here tonight. And oh, they never turn up when they know they're winning the flop of the season. I don't know well, why. I don't know why. It's well, at the end of the day. To be fair, I did tell them. I'll accept them it on his behalf. Nominated. I'll accept it on his behalf if he wants. Oh, go on, Cut. Do you want to do a little speech? Yeah, do you I'll want do, to a... do a little speech for him in, in terms of uh, your reaction to that um, yeah, award yeah. win? Yeah, I'll do a speech for him. I'm not going to do any accents. I'm speaking on Romelu's behalf. I'm not speaking yeah. as Romelu. As Romelu. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd just like to thank Antonio Conte uh, for everything he did at Inter for me. I'd just like to thank all the Inter fans. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Jose Mourinho for being at Inter once upon a time. 
I'd also like to thank Ed and Jekko for replacing me at Inter. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, I just want to win more trophies with Inter. I mean, Chelsea. So, <laughs> so yeah, onwards and upwards. Let's get this World Club Cup and Super Cup and let's go and win some more, eh? Forza Inter. I mean, Chelsea. I mean, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. So on to the next award presented by uh, Jim there, over there. There you go. That was Lukaku. The great rendition to his old club. Nice to have feelings for him. Um, my award is for the manager of the season. Ooh, the brains behind the um, the entire campaign, really. Um, I'll run for a few nominees. He's a tough one. I've had a few good seasons. Um, I've got to give some props to a man like Eddie Howe. Um, Saudi Arabia's finest. Eddie Howe now. Um but no, all joking aside, really, we fought and we've spoken a while for the first, what, five months on this podcast, Newcastle were in tr- serious trouble under Brucey, won the end. We was tipping him much for relegation and it was bottom of the league, won the end, Christmas or something, or they was down, right down there anyway. And the, the tight challenge for a top 10 finish, I think since Eddie Owls took over, I think they've got the third or fourth most points only behind the obvious two, City and Liverpool and Spurs, who've done well under Conte. He doesn't get a nomination for me, but he's right there as another great manager at the season. You've got to give Pep and Kloppo the shouts again. He's been dominating the Premier League for the past few years now. I think Klopp's had the better season. I think I've got to say that. I mean, obviously, they've done so well in the domestic cups and what just the one point off him in the league title. So, fair play to Klopp. He's, he's done brilliantly. And if he can add a Champions League to his season, then he's got to go down a history of just great club seasons. Uh, ever really from English sides um, play standard was saying before yeah, but no one's got that far um, but my manager of the season guys just get my envelope now just bringing it through now I'll open it is Davey Tom Thomas Frank Brentford's finest I think the job he's done he's not just kept him up has he they've, um, they've easily stayed up they've got the smallest stadium in the Premier League by a little distance he got the smallest wage bill by some distance I think he's playing with mostly a championship squad by a few, a few bits of quality and I just think the way they've played the way they've gone about it too very admirable straight from the first game where they dominated Arsenal at their home stadium and the the, the, the crowd was rocking I think they've been a, fresh, a breath of fresh air get my words out there this season they've kind of changed the way they play it's Christian Eriksen's sign which was a great sign and I know a lot of people say listen he was on free fall since Eriksen before Eriksen came but I think Thomas Frank was very influential in bringing the former Inter Milan man there I think he got on the phone to his fellow Danish man and I just think they've been brilliant and Brian and Buemo has been brilliant he's been one that we've been introduced to this year Ivan Tony's made the step up from League One to Championship to Premier League now I think he's a great striker and I just I, I do worry for him a bit next season, but for now we celebrate Thomas Frank's award. So congratulations. Yeah, definitely. Congratulations, Thomas Frank. A debutant in the league and a debutant in the Cookie Pod Awards. And he walks away with a big W. So congratulations, Thomas Frank, for winning your cookie award. And then the second to last category now, due to the bonus category, is the <laughs> player of the year. And this was very difficult because stat-wise, 
you can just look at Salah and Son and be like, okay, it's one of those two. Okay, it's, it's got to be one of those two. But I like to look beyond the stats. I do, lads. I like to see the influence you obviously have on a team on in the, dra- in the dressing room, on the pitch, off the pitch. But Son and Salah, honourable mentions. But my player of the year is Kevin De Bruyne. And I'll tell you for why. So it's not only the fact that he scored four goals the other week, which was just mental in and of itself. It's the fact that he is scoring more goals and he's assisting less, but he is taking the game by the scruff of the neck more. So I have noticed check it, checking his stats earlier on in the day when we was when we was looking for information for this. De Bruyne is assists and correct me if I'm wrong, Jim. Was he on to? Did he equal Henri's record in the end? Is it 18 or 20 assists? What's that, Vivian? That was your previous year. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like Kev, Players like Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne are there. He's he's dropping down in his assists, so he's only got eight assists this season. If I said to you at the start of the season, De Bruyne, fit for a lot of the year, isn't going to get double figures in assists, you'd be like, oh, he's had a shit season. But in the reality is he scored 15 goals. Like I said, four were in one game, but De Bruyne's having more of an authority on this team. And I just think personally, he's he... He's been there, done that. He's been there for every Pep title win, I believe. So De Bruyne is the guy that you want in the slums and he's he's class, he's so class and he's definitely the one that got away from me from a, a Chelsea perspective because I love the guy and I think he's an excellent player and he's my player of the year just because he does pick up these injuries and he, he can be out of the team, but he comes back in, he's so plug and play. But yeah, Kevin De Bruyne for me. Bonus category. Who would like to read the... Uh, should, we, should we do a nominee each? Yeah, can you, can you give me a nomination? And I'll say it. So, are we doing best at hiding that he's a ball cunt or the worst at hiding that he's a ball cunt? I think we'll leave it up in the air. I think that's the beauty of the award. All right, okay. <laughs> okay. So, give me a nomination and I'll say it. I don't know who to say. Rob Alden. Okay. Because he's actually had a transplant. He's gone well above out of his way to hide his. Okay. Stan, have you got one? No, it's not off the top of me. <laughs> get, get one now. Uh, <laughs> Look at Vibaldi. I'll come to you last then, Stan. Okay, I'll, I'll try and fucking get one. You, on. fucking, you fucking will get one. So you have Mane if you don't think one. Oh, oh yeah, Mane. Yeah, Mane oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or Aubameyang, he left halfway through. Oh, yeah, yeah Aubameyang, Stan, have a mix. Yeah, it's been he's shocking, actually. <laughs> he, ran, he ran from the country too, remember? Oh, that's actually true. Right, I'll introduce the category. We've got 90 seconds. Let's go. Okay, so now, listeners, it is the bonus category. We've had a bit of flack from people in the office and from our sponsors um, about what to call this award. So it's either going to be called, and we'll leave it up in the air, the best at hiding that he is a bald cunt award or the worst at hiding that he's a bald cunt award. So the recipient of the award from last season or the season before, I believe it was the season before, was Gonzalo Higuain. And, uh, Congratulations. And last season, I believe it was Rob Holden uh, that we didn't name him Barcode Head on that episode. <laughs> so my nomination uh, for the, the worst at hiding that he's a bald cunt award is... Matty Cash because he did actually score against City at the weekend and had to fix his hair mid-celebration because he does have a bald spot on the back of his head. <laughs> so Matty Cash for me. Jim? I like Gareth Bale as well with his uh, hair pulled back covering it. Yep. 
You're not supposed to have a uh, top knot in the middle of your head, Gareth. Not unless you're performing a sexual act. <laughs> for me, for me, lads, it's got to be last year's winner. There's a reason he's right up there. Rob Alden has gone from being the worst at hiding his balls, but now being the best hiding his balls, and that's the beauty of this award. So for his grey hair transplant, he's in there again. Full circle. Stan? So my nominee is a guy that's no longer in the Premier League. He's playing for Barcelona at the moment. It's the guy known as P, Pierre-Emerick. Aubameyang, um, a guy that suffered badly during lockdown, like the rest of us. But um, yeah, his hairline went two, two or three inches further back uh, after we saw him without his uh, hairline drawn on, Alamika Richards. So uh, yeah, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is a guy that's very much struggling to uh, hide the fact that he is a bald cunt. And there you are, folks. That concludes the annual. That's the way the cookie crumbles, cookie pod awards for the year. So just uh, maybe the winners. Hold hold on. Maybe maybe we could do a, a poll or something on Twitter Cook or Instagram to uh, get the people involved. Perhaps. Oh. I don't know. Definitely. Maybe they Stan. can, you know, they've heard the nominations. Maybe it's their choice to decide who is it's... the best or worst at hiding the, the fact that they're a fucking bald cunt. Mm, and I over do like the that. responsibility of the bald cunt awards to the fans. Mm. There you go. Hand over the responsibility, Jim, and the liability with it. And the Um, liability with it. So, yeah, yeah. we will make a poll on our social media. Who is the best slash worst at hiding that they are a bald cunt? And that concludes the annual Cookie Pod Awards. Have a wonderful evening. Love that. There you go. Jim's game, and then are we done? Yeah, just stick your phone on charge. One sec. No probs. I didn't end up getting Chloe. She stayed in Heighton because I didn't go up there anyway. So she's Thank fucking neithering me now. We'll leave at seven. We'll be done in 15, won't we? Yeah. Sound. What time do you need to leave, Stan? I don't really. I've just told her I'll leave at seven, but we'll be done in 15. I'll only put my shoes on. Oh, we'll be well, we'll be well done by then. We've got Jim's game. Is it? Are we talking about England, sorry? Oh shit, air course. We'll just do a little five minutes, mate. I'm England. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's more just. Laugh by it. Yeah, the England one's just more there, like who's missed out and who's there that probably shouldn't be in it. Yeah. Sweet. Whenever you're ready, James. All right, listeners, welcome to one of the final editions of Jim's Game, This is, which is what I'm now calling it of this season. Um. As I pit Stan against Cook again, it's my favourite thing to do. It's to test the brains of my two lovely brethren. Um, I've gone for a best of five this week, lads. So, strap in for this one. I've gone for something a bit more alternative. So, who am I? So, stay tuned for that. But for now, we'll kick you off. Your first player. Um, I'm going to go to Cook for this one. I know you know this player well. It's a heritage between them both. Um, I'm going to go with Charlie Adam. Charlie Adam. And he has played for a total of one, two, three, four, five, six clubs, Cook. How many of them six clubs can you name? Ooh. Now that is, that is a Mr. Tuffy. Um, Practically family for you, right? Practically, yeah. I reckon I can do four. I think four. Four, Sam. Four, what are you saying? That's good you off or can you go for that? I don't think he can do four. No. He's calling your shit out, Cook. Jeez. Okay. Let's hear him. 
Okay, let's 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 go for it. Stoke. Yes. Um, Blackpool. Yes. Liverpool. Yes. And I want to say Rangers. You would be absolutely right to say Rangers. Wow, that's very nice career. A cracking start from Cook. And did he finish it at Dundee? Not Dundee. He did. Oh, he did. he's still there. He's still playing, I think, isn't he? Or is he not? I think he's just he's retired now. Oh, has he just finished? And was the the one, club, was there one more club? In between Stoke and Dundee, there was one more club, one season in the Championship, oh, I, I believe. Know. I know. Tell us also. Reading. Reading, he was. It was. Fuck. Very, very good from you, though, Cook. Very good. It was. Ooh. Fucking five out of six. I did say he couldn't do four. I more meant that he, he could do five. That's what I meant when I said that. <laughs> well, but neither of you was, was wrong in that, in that instance. Um, so, Stan, I'm going to come to you now. Um, a man that you are not related to, I must admit. I've got to disclose this information. Um, is Pedro Mendes scorer of screamers and maybe some not screamers according to Roy Carroll um, he has played for a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. no sorry six clubs six clubs for Pedro Mendes Dan. okay I'm going to go for four like Cook did it's leaving a, the it, gap it's a solid formula to. it's a winning formula Cook yeah if, if he wants to push himself <laughs> he's thinking can you better that? Or are you calling it sounds No, I'm going to call it because I don't think I can name more than four. That's the view of the game, Dan. I, I think I can name four. I think I think I can name four. Stan, right. four to win it, to get a point back. Okay. So obviously, as you mentioned, he, he played for Tottenham Hot, Hot Spuds. He did, the Hot um, Pompey, play up Pompey. yes. yes. He played for the Gers as well, like Charlie Adam. Yes. Not at the uh, same time. Did he? At the same time? Uh, for one season, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. what a midfield. Uh, and because he's from that neck of the woods, I'm going to guess Porto. Yes, Porto. He's absolutely go. right. There's both Stan. Did he play well, in Spain? It... No. The other no, two, any ideas? I've not a clue. Not a clue. He, after the Gers, he went to Sporting CP for a season. Ah. And he ended his career where he started his career in Vittoria Guimarães. Probably ah. butchered that ah, name, but there enough. you go. There you go. One apiece is very exciting. This is what we wow. want. This is the this is the final day drama we need. It is exactly um, the last player, but not the last question because this best best of five. Oh fuck! Fuck! I'm going to ask you to go first. Um, this is a man who is linked to the move away this summer. Oh, he has played for one, two. He's only played for three clubs. He's been alone a few times, but I'm only going for players that he's played for. This is an interesting one. Fraser Forster. So you only want the clubs that he's signed for? Yeah, I do. Okay. Celtic. Wait, you have to say how many you... you Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I reckon I can do all three. Okay, all three. I think I can do all three. Stan, I'm afraid in this situation, your hand hand balls are... going to take it. Oh, You've got enough. to lay there and take it. Oh, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Cook, give us all three. You started off your cell, which is absolutely correct. Yeah. Southampton. Yes, correct. And, and to win it. To win it, I was going to say Tottenham, which I'm not convinced with. 
No, that's where he's linked to in this oh, summer. Oh, maybe, maybe that's where I've got that from. This is a bit of a red herring many would go with. What would they go with, Stan? I don't know. It's Newcastle, isn't it? It is Newcastle. It is Newcastle. I thought yeah. you'd have gone with Celtic. He was on loan there three Celtic, times in his yeah. career. Yeah. Newcastle, Celtic and Saints. There you go. Newcastle, he's Celtic and Saints. Well, he's going to go to the South Spurs um, in the summer to be a backup goalkeeper. So, yeah. oh. It's a great gig that Joe Hart has enjoyed as well. So, that's yeah, I mean, respect it. Well, current Celtic goalkeeper Joe Hart, Jim. Full circle. Wow. Everything comes full circle in the end. Um, Stan, this is for you to serve and, and to win it. To, to win it, really. Yeah, We're not, it, this is not who am I. This is a question that I'm going to give you. I well can remember the season, the Premier League season that has just, just gone past us there. Um, out, of 12, out of 12 players this season, how many players can you name who have scored hat-tricks in the Premier League season 2021-2022? There's 12 on offer. That's a good question, Honestly. that. Honestly. That's a good question, that. You couldn't have picked a worse season because I checked out in about <laughs> February. Hang on. I, honestly. This could be one for cut to even score lines, maybe, then. <laughs> I've got, f- I've well got four, me. I've got four. Yo, you mean, I can't do four. I, I can only think of one, and that's because I was there. And that, that's... Dude! you got to give us a number. Give me a number. Um, I'll give you Five. Five, Cook, give me a number. He's got to be better than five or he's got to call Stan out. He could be well, mindfucking me here, though. That, that'd be a big mindfuck from Stan. Yeah, he actually would. And last day mindfuck, I wouldn't put it past him either. Oh, you little twat. Oh, fuck you, Stan. Um, no, I'm going to call bullshit. You're not clever bullshit. enough to mindfuck. Oh. <laughs> Stan, 12 on offer, mate. Ted, uh, um, you only knew one. So it's five that I need. <laughs> So there's 12. Okay. Christy Brown. Yes, that's two hat-tricks against Spurs and Norwich. Only counts as yeah. one on this game, but... Back-to-back, weren't they? Yeah. The only one with two hat-tricks this season. I think they were back-to-back home games. I don't know if they were back-to-back games. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, because he scored four. Yes, previously alluded to the... Um, against Wolves. Mohamed Salah. Yes, against, against United, I think. Against United, yes. Oh, God. Um, Two to go. Don't like this. I'm going to go with... Uh, Your mind's blank. Your mind's blank. It, <laughs> nah, it's not. Uh, <laughs> Harry Hyung-Minson. Oh, he's such a gun. Hyung-Minson, yes, against Villa. <sighs> I hate you. One more to win it. Has he mind hell. <laughs> you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> you know nothing. <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. Uh, he's a good football player. Not me. You don't know shit. Um, you don't know oh, shit. Um, oh, yeah. I remember when uh, Emmanuel Dennis did it. You don't. You don't remember when that happened. Oh, no fuck. one remembers when it happened. Fucking hell. Corky wins the tie up there. Um, Cook, have you got any names that Stan could have gave us before I run through him? Yes, Stan. Mason Mount. Yes, against Norwich. Mason oh, Mount shit, yeah, had one. Gabby, Gabby Jesus, he had one. Yes, against Watford. Oh, shit, yeah, he did, actually. Damn, we watched that at York. Is it your house? <laughs> <laughs> remember? What? Oh, shit, yeah, we were, It's good four. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. Uh, no, they, they, to be honest with you, Stan had a few. I never had their Salah, I never had against United. I never had... Uh, yeah, please. So, Stan of the season, Stan. I know you checked out and it has been a long season, but Bruno did get one against Leeds. 
Oh shit! Oh, yeah, shit to yeah. Kick off the season. <laughs> <laughs> that felt that feels like it happened years ago. It feels like yeah, a long it, time. It was ago. this season. Um, Roberto Firmino had a hat trick against Watford. Um, I don't remember that. Josh King had a hat trick against former club Everton. Remember that one? Oh, oh I do shit, remember that. Yeah. That was the, that was the same day as Mason Mount actually. Um, I was at a wedding. <laughs> last last day hero Jack Harrison had a hat trick against West Ham. Oh shit! Yeah, I don't remember that. Who's at West Ham? Wasn't it? Yeah. Raheem Sterling had a hat trick against Norwich, as did Ivan Tony. Canal, a few Norwich. Norwich got, a, Norwich got a few out. He scored past them last year. He did. Um, and then there, everyone else, Ronaldo, Son, Jesus, De Bruyne, have all been previously said. So there you go. Oh, two each. Two oh, each. Shit. This is what you want oh. on the last day. Yeah. Down to the wire. Who's going to be Gundogan in the Cup? Silky Ilky. Come on, son. It's come to serve this time. It, it, it's again, remembering the 2021 2022 season. Oh, Oh shit! Maybe it's a little bit easier though. It's out of ten. Ten. I want the ten managers that have been sacked this season. How many of the ten? Oh, I, give me a number. That is a great question. Um, that is a very good question. I, I reckon six. I reckon I can do six. Six, Sam. Six. Oh fucking hell! Um, I reckon I can do seven. Seven, Cook. Can you beat seven? Nah. No, Dan, seven. The ball's in your court, mate. You I, feel like I've, I feel like I've stuck on a low number on Blackjack here. Oh. Okay. Erla Gunnar Solskjaer, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. RIP. I want to run to you. Uh, Steve Bruce. Yes. Dean Smith. Yes. Daniel Farker. Yes. Um. What what's his fucking name? Um, yeah, Rafa Benitez. Yes, two more. Uh, how many am I on there? Two more. We need. We need two more. You're on five. Two more. Um, oh fucking hell, I'm struggling now. I think. Um, how many was it? Ten. So yeah. twelve was it? Oh no, 12. twelve. Ten. 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 Um, fucking hell, I'm struggling to think of teams there. Uh, Rush No, I can't. No, I can't think of any more. No, I can't. You missed a few big ones there, bro. There's gonna Look be obvious you, ones. You missed a few big ones there. Dan, you're gonna kick yourself as Cookie claims this crown. <sighs> you could've you could have had Mourinho. No, no, we didn't start the season. Not Mourinho. Who am I fucking thinking of? Espirito, I got him, yeah. Him. I did say him. I fucking I meant think, to if I didn't. I know, but you did say him. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I think you said Doka, Bruce, Barker. Yeah, 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 yeah you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Benitez. And then you yeah, stopped. You did. Yeah, oh, you did. Yeah, 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 Nuno was one that we, we, we talked about before, like, again, lads. Sean Dyche, he's left Burnley. Oh, oh, of course. And then last rounded up his Massa Bielsa, got sacked from Leeds. Oh, obviously. <sighs> fucking hell. There are obvious ones when you love It's very but... obvious when you when you know. When oh, you're fuck. on the when you're on the podium, the pressure's on. It's not so easy. It's true. Bucks won though by uh, by me fucking up first. Won, so congrats. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity, Jim. I fucking love this game. 
Welcome back, listeners. A bit of international chat, just to get you hyped for the World Cup in November. It's not far away now, but we've got a couple of friendlies or a couple of Nation Leagues games, which are basically friendlies, eh, lads? And England have put out a squad that has raised some eyebrows, and we're just going to delve into a few of those names now. So, Stan, anyone on that list that's jumped out to you and think, oh, my God, he's been called up for this? Um... Not really, no. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd say the other way. I'd, I'd, I'm happy that Jared Bowen has because I think he's had a brilliant season. Uh, I think it's about time. And similar for uh, for Kyle Tamori as well. I think he probably could have been called up earlier. I mean, there was shouts for him to go to uh, to the Euros. So I'd say that those two, Tammy Abraham as well. I mean, a guy that has done wonders for uh, for Roma this season, and you know, the fans have really taken to him, which isn't. Um, very common, should we say, for a, you know a black guy to you know put it bluntly to be taken in by the fans like that in 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 a league that you know has had issues with racism uh, you know recently and and in the past as well. So Tamori and uh, Tammy coming in, especially because Southgate's been accused sometimes of ignoring those foreign leagues. Uh, I think it's good for those two. And like I say, Jared Bowen, who if he keeps going, he'll be a, a Champions League club, I think, eventually, if he keeps going at the rate he is. So, nobody that I'm really shocked at. I mean, I could maybe say Maguire is one that you would say, I mean, I, mean, I mentioned before in terms of where he was last season uh, to where he is now in terms of his stocks. He's probably never been lower, to be honest. So, uh, but then, you know, the fact that, like I say, Southgate has his favourites and he's never, ever let England down. I mean, we know how good he was in the Euros, so I'm not shocked at all with that in terms of Southgate picking him now. So, oh. yeah, I like it. It's a good squad. A few new faces, a few old faces that we trust uh, that are trustworthy, like Kieran Trippier again, a guy that's not really kicked a ball since March, and Calvin Phillips, uh, you know, a guy that's hardly kicked a ball all season. So he's had his favourites, a few old faces, a few new, new faces, and uh, it'd be nice to see how it blends. Yeah, Jim. Obviously, Jim. Uh, obviously, Jim. Stans just mentioned then that a couple of Southgate's favourites, uh, Trippier and Calvin Phillips, who haven't played a lot of football recently, but I'm very surprised to have been called up for this one. Yeah, I'd add Kyle Walker into that situation too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, just coming off quite a serious injury um, in the semi-final of the Champions League. I think what Southgate's done there is. He's introduced a few new faces, not spoke by James Justin, who's had his first England call up. He's another versatile fullback who can play on the right and the left. Um, he's wanted to introduce these new players and get fresh faces in the squad, but also not changed up completely. And he's, he's, he's kept his leaders in there, really, despite what maybe they haven't been doing over the past few weeks and months for the club side. And well, it's time I say with Maguire, but um, his favourites have served him well in the past so until we stop doing that you, you can't really argue with it um, and yeah I think this was really good I think there's a few people that have been left out Cook um, the two that I would say is talk about the, the, the Euros and he had some good impacts just the bench there and maybe even before the Euros were started we thought these were maybe starters uh, Sancho and Rashford obviously had really tough seasons different seasons Sancho's obviously new to um, United but I think he actually has been one of United's best players like Stan said that way early on the podcast watching him but Rashford looks a shell of him for himself really since missing the penalty which is a long time ago now and 
it's a crucial time for both them players. I think mainly Rashford Cook um, to maybe come back to his best form because them two, when they're firing, they're in my England squad. Yeah, I mean, they definitely come into the squad and the thing with Rashford is, is he going to stay at United? Because Ten Hag might look at him in pre-season and think, this guy ain't good enough because he's not been since... I mean, Stan, Stan will correct me if I'm wrong, but prior to the the penny incident at the World Cup, Rashford wasn't a nailed-on starter in my team, let alone United's team at that point. I know he was a he was a squad player at that point for England, but I personally think if Rashford wants to get back in, he needs to he needs to leave. He needs to play every week and get that that run of games together because I just think that I just think that at United there's too much competition for places and now they're playing they're playing catch up and they're rebuilding the squad and I'm not sure if he survives he's he's a bit of an, an anomaly that he's actually there if you really think about how he actually got his opportunity he's took it with both hands Rashford but maybe it's just the time for them both to just part ways and it's just amicable like that and because he needs to play and I like Rashford he's got a lot of quality but I just like to see him show it a bit more consistently and play more yeah it's it's a weird one with Rashford because I mean he definitely was a starter for United and Solskjaer absolutely loved him he probably played him too much if anything uh, which led him to needing back and uh, ankle surgery right uh, in, in the summer before this season so I don't think that's helped I don't think the fact that Solskjaer a guy that I know Rashford was very close with and uh, like I say he was one of Solskjaer's main men it went so badly for him he got sacked we've had an interim manager the rest of the team haven't done anything um, but it's a, it's a weird one for Rashford I mean he scored he got something like 30 odd goals and assists in one season and then another 30 odd I think it was 70 goals and assists over two seasons for a United team that was you know good and I think underrated I think by some in terms of looking back now but it wasn't exactly a classic United team so to get those numbers was was impressive and I think he's a player that you know, we've seen him play this season. It's some some players you can play into form, and he's not been able to do that. And some players need a two, three weeks out, and he's not done that either. So, I think United, if if he has another season like this one next season, I think you know, next this time next year we will be having serious conversations about whether he can stay United. But I think the fact that you know he has had a really poor season, especially by the standards of the two he'd set previously. Um, but I think everybody has, so I think it'd be harsh to maybe pick on him in particular and I think with Ten Hag coming in uh, I think he's a player that he will like and uh, it's, it's a fresh start for Rashford but um, yeah I, th- I think in terms of him not going to the England squad I think it's probably the best thing for him like I say I think he needs to go and have some rehab maybe some warm weather training away from uh, all the, the press focus the media focus and the scrutiny of uh, you know that England will get no doubt in the Nations League if they don't win it, despite it being a you know a second class competition. With all due respect, but yeah, the best thing for him is to go. I think Sancho might feel a little bit hard done by, but again, I don't think you know the talent that England have got in the forward areas that we've spoken about before in previous pods and you know debates about Euros and World Cup squads. I don't think he can feel too hard done by in that sense with you know the, the forwards that we are taking anyway. So I think best thing for both of them after a really disappointing season by. United's perspective is for them to go and uh, have a few weeks away before they, you know, start the new time under Eric Ten Hag. I think that's probably the best role involved. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, just quickly before we, before we leave on this, Jared Bowen and James Justin are the two players that maybe wouldn't be in everyone's England squad um, come the World Cup in Qatar in December. But this is a great opportunity for both of them to prove themselves to Southgate and to, to maybe 
break them up, break into that squad. Are there any faces quickly cut that aren't called up to this 27-man squad for the Nations League but still can be a newcomer from the Euros to the World Cup? I'm thinking players like uh, Ryan Sessegnon at Spurs, who's playing a lot of football now. Um, obviously, even last bit of left back. Maybe Dean Henderson at United if he gets a move to Newcastle or even plays more first team football. Is there anyone who's not been mentioned who could break into the next squad, essentially? Yeah, there's a, there's a few. Obviously, you mentioned the problems at, at left back. Dwight Mitchell at Crystal Palace is having a very good season for them, low key, and Chilwell and Shaw. Shaw mainly at the moment. Is he injured? Am I right in saying Stan or has he just been left out? Yeah. No, well, he's just come back, but he's uh he's had yeah, surgery on his on his leg that he broke not too recently. So uh All yeah, right. he's gonna well, be out. Well there, uh, there you go. So like Chilwell and Shaw are pretty compromised at this moment in time. I mean, I know Chilwell obviously got minutes at the weekend, you got the last three minutes at the weekend, which is good news. But obviously Shaw's injury record in the past hasn't covered him in glory and you can't really rely on one to deputise the other at this moment in time due to the recent injuries and Mitch I really like Dwight Mitchell I, I really do I think he's a good player I think he's aggressive when he goes into a tackle but in a very fair way I think like like you mentioned I think left back is our problem position I would say because we've got so many right backs and none of them uh, the left backs in my opinion that we have are the le- uh, sorry are the length of caliber of the right backs that we have I just think it's it's day and night but yeah he's definitely one I think can get in I think realistically I re- I do like James Tarkovsky and I think if he can get into a team play every week he's just as good as Tyrone Mings if not better he's just as good as Connie Cody if not better and yeah I just think if he can get to a team like an Everton, a Newcastle, even a, even a Southampton, anywhere where he can, will play every week, he will get in that team, no doubt. Yeah, good player. Yeah, definitely. Are. I think there's a few other players. Eric Dyer had a great great few weeks under Conte. I think he's a bit unfortunate not to make this squad. Um, there was yeah, another I think, name. I'm kind sorry, of sorry, Jim. Um, sorry. No, it's I just lost. I just lost the name. I think. I think it's, it's another player, but it's something we yeah. forgot about. It's um. I'll just you can have a think. It's just I think the weird thing that's going to happen here is is as we know it's a Winter World Cup, so this has never happened before. Normally, right now we'd be discussing. You know, we know who's fit. There's a few weeks for maybe players that might get fit to get fit, but now with it being a Winter World Cup, we've got the start of the season, which we know happens. You know, the games come thick and fast, especially the Champions League group stages will have happened by that point. I mean. Who knows what state the players are going to be in, uh, what injuries there are going to be. I think it's going to be a, a bit of a weird one. But one thing that's happened with England in the last few years is that, I mean, the, the pool of players that this England side have to choose from is, is probably the best ever, I'd say. Definitely in my lifetime. It's probably up there with the French and the Spanish and the Germans, you know, all the top European countries that we've seen. So that's something that we've got on our side. I mean, you, we, you're speaking about some of the players that have been left out. These are, you know, like, say, Rashford, who's one of the, before this season, one of the best and most exciting wingers in the world. Jaden Sancho's signed for United for £75 million. These are players that can't even make the squad. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one, especially with it being a Winter World Cup, I think. The player I was thinking that um, Cookie P's had any chance, and he's been brilliant in recent weeks. And he's still left out of the English squad. He's James Madison. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shot right up, and he wasn't in the Euro squad either. Um, That's true. What does he have to do to get in the English squad? Yeah, see, I, to be honest with you, in Madison, the big thing with him 
for me is stay fit. You've got to stay fit first and foremost. And that's his biggest problem because James Madison is brilliant. And I used to think he was very specialist and can only play number 10. And he can play number 10, but he can also play in a midfield free. So he's flexible in that regard. But if he stays fit and keeps putting these performances in, like he scored a great goal against Chelsea last game of the season. Fantastic goal. And I just think Madison, if you if you stay fit, the results will come. Because there used to be a conversation about Mount, Madison and Foden. And it's not even close anymore. It's genuinely not even close. Foden and Mount are up here and Madison's been left with his handbrake on because he can't stay fit and the other two can. And it's that simple. And with fitness comes consistency and with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, do, I, do, I do agree with you. I think fitness and um, form is definitely going to come into play. Because I mean, an example is this time last year, we're all saying Dominic Calvert-Lewin has got to go oh, to the Orals and some would even start him in, in you know certain games against certain opposition and fast forward six months, which is where we're going to be. You know, in six months, we're probably going to be looking at or know who's going. I mean, six months later, would you have taken Calvert Lewin at you know Christmas time this season? There's not a chance you would have taken him. So, uh, I think there's going to be plenty of twists and turns, and maybe a new, a few faces coming in that we wouldn't have thought of, and maybe even a few faces that we never thought would have uh, missed out on a World Cup that might not be going either through injury or, you know, through form. Exactly. But we're not going anywhere until next week. But if you need your fix of the Cookie Pod boys, you can follow our socials on our Insta and Twitter using the handle at Cookie Podcast One. That's at Cookie Podcast, followed by the number one. Uh, you are able to get the podcast on Google Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts as well. Now it's been episode 138, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, mate.